Thank you, Dina. And thank you for being here this morning. And uh, Corey, I'm super pumped. I'm excited. Robbing, where's he at? There you are, right in front of me. I'm excited. Praying for both of y'all, brother. I'm praying for both of you. Lifting you up. And uh, I know a lot of people here are. I'm glad that uh, you're here today. And it's easy for me to be distracted. We filled up the baptistry two or three times. I appreciate Miss Geraldine. Thank you. Miss Geraldine, where are you at? Wave your hand. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for your hard work <laughs> getting that baptistry filled up. And, uh, and go back and check. And then I hollered at Rodney. I said, I left it going, Rodney. I got to go teach some juniors. So <laughs> we've had a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff going on. And, and uh, we'll slap some silicone on there or something and get that thing uh, where we can keep some water in it, and uh, because every time you add water, guess what temperature that water is? <laughs> 32 degrees. Isn't that right, Corey? It was cold. <laughs> and uh, they both come up shivering. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. God wants you to do three things today. He, now, there's a lot more than three, but these are three big ones. Some of the very first things you do as a child of God is to, and if you have your bulletin, of course, you're following along, and that is he wants you to grow and give and go. Grow, give, and go. Did you know that a growing church is normal? Did you all know that? <laughs> That's normal. If you say, well, if you had a plant out here and you say, yeah, that's my plant. It's normal for it to be sick and puny and not produce anything. Uh, well, number one, that plant won't be with you very long, will it? That's <laughs> not normal. It's normal for a church, a living organism to grow, to do. And these are three definite things that God wants you to do this morning. The very first one I want to talk about is grow Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. Second Peter three, eighteen. Again, thank you for being patient with the extras choir. You knocked it out of the park again. Powerful song, Miss Barbara, and that. Uh, and they're moving around. They shift. They go. They're so patient. And thank you for that. The choir. That matter of fact, I hope y'all didn't trip over my wet clothes coming out of there, and uh, going through the choir room. And uh, just thank you for stepping over stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to a hospital where construction's going on. And there will be a sign at the hospital that says, Pardon Our Progress. So I hope we can say that this morning, that uh, we may have uh, stuff out of order or this or that, stepping over wet clothes, but the reason there's wet clothes is people being saved and baptized. You know what I mean? That's the reason there's wet clothes. The Bible says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Father, bless your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Grow. In growing as a child of God, the Bible talks about growing. It talks about getting stronger. It talks about doing different things. And, and a growing church is a normal church. I'll put it in there. Head to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. Uh, we'll just break this down. There's two parts to this. There's my part as your pastor. And uh, 
interesting thing that, you know, <clears throat> did, have you ever thought about, you know, when a church calls a pastor that there's, you don't hire a pastor? You don't hire a pastor. You don't, you either, A, if he's hire, if you hire him, then it's your choice. But if you vote to call him, you're saying it's God's choice. Did you know there's a difference? And if you you can hire a janitor, you can hire uh, uh, something, you know, you can hire, uh, uh, we have a secretary and treasurer and we pay these uh, part-time people, you can hire. But did you know in, in a pastor, that's totally different. In a pastor, you're praying, God, preacher, I want you to pray and I want you to say, is this what God wants you to do? And then the church in turn is supposed to pray and they're, they're praying, they're saying, Lord, if this is God's man for us, then we'll vote to call him because we feel that's God's man. And then the pastor feels the same way and he accepts. So you don't hire, you call. Because why? You say, we feel that you are God's man. If you don't, then you just, you just you hire anybody. But it won't be God, will it? Because you have a you have a role, you have a God has a role. God, there's only two offices. One of them is God appointed, the other is church appointed. The two offices, of course, pastor and deacon, is mentioned in the Bible. Here we I set that up because we see the roles performed here in Ephesians chapter four, and beginning with verse eleven. Let's kind of go through here real quick. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, uh, the preachers have a job in verse 11 through 12, and he gave some apostles, some prophets. These are some of the roles that God calls. God calls these roles. And then some evangelists and some uh, pastors and teachers. They were some of the lay leaders. And then it says in verse 12, your job is for, if you have a... King James Bible in verse 12, it says, For the perfecting, and that just means the maturing or growing of the saints. Did you know that perfecting means growing, maturing of the saints? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying, that means building up of the body of Christ. And so the, my job is to teach and preach the word, and it's consistent throughout Scripture that I want you to grow so you can do the work. Now, I was preaching. I had a great revival at Mabelvale, just south of Hamburg here, down toward the state line, not quite there, but I was preaching a revival. And I was trying to really encourage them to find something, to do something, and that, that, uh, that the, we come to church to worship the Lord but the Great Commission is go. And we'll hit on that in just a second. The great, so, and by the way, the Great Commission says go, but did you know that the go in the Great Commission is not go to church? Has nothing to do with going to church. He didn't say go to church, did he? He said go into all the world. You come to church to grow, and then you leave church to Go, and you see the difference there. So you grow here, then you go and tell others about Jesus. That's what we want Robbing and Corey to do. And y'all have been saved. You've been baptized. You're growing. Now you need to go. So I'm growing. I'm maturing. And for the maturing of the saints, I'm to teach. I'm to preach God's holy word. 
from Genesis to Revelation. And then notice here, look at, I'm still in Ephesians 4, but look at verse 15. So, I'm, I'm, matter of fact, no, let's back up to verse 14. Ephesians 4, 14 says this, that we henceforth be no more children tossed <clears throat> to and fro. In other words, that we just don't believe what people say. We study, we learn, we grow. And then it says, because there's people out there that will lead you the wrong way, that's the end of verse 14. Look at verse 15 now, Ephesians 4, 15. It says, but speaking the truth, and love, why? That you may grow, what does it say? Up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And folks, now, you don't just grow. Well, I'm smart. I learned some Bible verses. I memorized some Bible verses. No. The, it says here, for the maturing or the perfecting of the saints. And that growing means that I grow in him. Because there's a lot of smart people that you can come to church and be immature Christians. You can, but that's why it says, what does the Bible say? Don't grow in your smartness, grow in your strength. No, I want to grow in His strength. That's the strength I want to grow. It says it right there, that I may grow up into, who's the Him? It's Jesus. He's the Him. So I need to grow and learn God's Word, and then I get ready to serve. Well, the next thing on our list is the give. Matter of fact, this has to do giving. Yeah, it has to do with tithing. And tithing is in the Bible. Let me go ahead and say this, that, that uh, tithing is one of the very first commitments of any new believer. Now, some people are afraid to tithe. They're afraid they can't afford it. Now, some people say, well, you, you can't afford not to. Well, really and truly, God's not up there with a hatchet just going to start taking and yanking. And Because, matter of fact, it says that we're, in just a second, we're going to look that we're not to give of coercion. In other words, feeling like there's a hatchet hanging over our head that God's going to rain fire down from heaven. No, He wants you to give. He, and the, by the way, the, some people have said, well, tithing is not a commandment. Well, tithing is, it's built in. It's, it predates the law. It's in the middle. It's after. Matter of fact, uh, just running through here, the word tithe, Abraham tithe, that was way before the law. And then guys tithe, and you say, well, Jesus never taught. But Jesus chastised the Pharisees because they were tithing wrong. They were tithing wrong. They had a wrong attitude. They were tithing the wrong way. And Jesus chastised them for it. So tithing is in the Bible. Let's look at the pattern and a promise real quick. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. Now you say, well, Brother Michael, you're just talking about giving of a tithe. But there's other ways to give. And our church is, is doing, we've been so blessed and generous. A lot of people do give, but a lot more could give. So I challenge you just to consider, just pray about it. I know how God will lead you. So I just ask you to just take it before Him. Just, just pray about it. And you say, well, I can't afford 10%. Well, just, just try to go up. Just, just a little. Just see what God does. Just, just whatever you're doing. Just go up a little and just see what God, and then lo and behold, all of a sudden, 
You say, well, yeah, okay. And then you go up and then you oh, And not, then not all of a sudden, not only are you tithing, you could give extra. That's what our faith promise is. Look at this pattern. Uh, real quick, this is really pretty cool. 1 Corinthians 16, 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints as I've given order. To the, in other words, he taught the churches of Galatia. Did y'all know Paul taught those churches that he started there, just like I'm teaching right now and preaching right now? He taught them. He taught them how to give. He taught them. And notice here, even so, you need to do. Do you? And then it says in verse 2, upon the first day of the week. What day of the week is that? Sunday. That's today. Upon the first day of the week, what do you need to do? Let every one of you lay aside and store as what? As God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings. In other words, that there, that you don't say, well, I'll give that one day. No, you give God's part, his part and give it. So that's the pattern. It not only tells you when to give, but it tells you the Bible tells you how to give. That's the pattern. So I'm lay aside, think about it, pray about it. And I'm to give it to God upon the what of the first day of the week. Head to 2 Corinthians 9 now. 2 Corinthians, just a few pages over. To the right. There we go. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Look at it. But I say, this I say, which he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. And that does not mean there's a health and wealth preachers out here says, send my ministry a hundred dollars and God will bless you with two hundred. That's a lie. <clears throat> That's a lie. The, and sowing just means you give to God. You just, and, and the thing is, you don't have to say, well, what's he going to give me in return? That's this right here talking. This right here. Your flesh, a lot of us want something for this life, in this life. But folks, the only thing that matters is what matters in eternity. And so to say, everything I do and give is so that God's word could be sent out. Folks, the, our whole purpose of this church for 152 years is to spread the gospel. That's our whole purpose. And that takes money. And God says, that's okay. All you got to do is give and it, it'll happen. It, there's no coercion there. It's because I love the Lord. I want to help do what I can do. It's right there. And the, notice what it says next. In verse 7, and every man according as he purposed in his heart. Because if you've made it a matter of prayer, you can give. So let him give, not grudgingly. And it says the word or of necessity actually means coercion. Well, if I better give because God will kill me if I don't give my tithe. No, he won't kill you. He'll just convict you. That's it. It's, it's not out of coercion. He's not going to chop your head off. But he wants you to give because you love him. I mean, it's kind of like telling your children, y'all get up here right now. Tell your daddy you love me or I'm going to take my belt off. So it, you better tell me you love me. I'm going to take my belt off. I love you, dad. What kind of what kind of joy as a parent would I have if that's the way I got my children to tell, tell them I, that you love me? There's no joy in that. There's no, there's no love there. They're just telling me that because they're scared. They don't want me to whip them. That's the way God wants you to give. You can give at any time. We, did y'all know giving is actually a part of worship? 
It is. Did you know, have you ever been driving down the road listening to a great Christian song and you're worshiping the Lord? You can, this is corporate worship. The Bible says to gather together on the first day of the week is the pattern we see in the New Testament. We see that pattern reflected in church. But you can worship personally. And did you know by giving that you can not only give in church as a part of your worship, but you know what I've had happen to me and I know has happened to our church treasurer and happened to Trey and, and somebody come up with a project. That's the reason we got, hey, you two, by the way, y'all in the nursery, y'all are doing awesome. Thank you for keeping our kids. Y'all are doing great. And, you know, we got this video equipment and this is in different things and even these screens and because somebody just, it wasn't even church time and they said, here. And they just gave toward a project. You can worship the Lord at any time. Just like you can sing praises to the Lord at any time. What I'm saying is, why do you give? Because you love the Lord and you see something and you see God's words being spread and you, and you worship and you say, I'll give. But then you get to the next part because somebody says, like the widow's mite, whenever she only gave that penny and they, Jesus said, she gave more than all y'all combined. You know why? All she had was a penny. And some people don't have a whole lot. And they say, oh, I'd like to do, but you may be talented. There's two other ways to give. You can give your time and your talent. And one of the most valuable commodities ever is somebody who will give their time that will work in vacation Bible school, that will work at church camp, and that will go to, vac- go to the, and be a sponsor. You're right, Miss Dina. We didn't give a three-hour sleep Friday night. We didn't. It was exhausting. It was a great exhaustion, too. I'm thankful for it. But you can give of your time in church camp, vacation Bible school. This church would not operate without its volunteers. It would not operate. And there's so many people that do stuff behind the scenes and Brother Michael forgets. And y'all know my motto, I never mind being reminded. I will never be offended by somebody reminding me of something. But I can't hit everybody. I can't. So folks, I need your help. If you see somebody doing something for our church, you thank them and you encourage them because one man can't thank everybody. And so there's people that's given of their time and their talent. And there's more than more ways to give. The last thing, going. Boy, we've had a good Sunday, a going Sunday. I know it's 12.05. Y'all hang in there. God will feed you in just a second. Okay. Or you may already say, the restaurant will feed me. <laughs> Lord, just help me get there. But Matthew chapter 28, yeah. Matthew 28, just these two verses. This is a great commission. Again, the, the great commission is a church commission. Y'all ready for this? This is deep. Y'all ready? Hang on. The church, this great commission is a church commission, not a preacher commission. Now, did y'all know that I just baptized these two guys, but did y'all know that there's other people that could baptize? You could church because the authority is not in the preacher. The authority is not in the preacher. It's a church commission. Every time I get up there and I say it in all sorts of different ways, I say, promised land is voted and I get to baptize you. Uh, Promised land is this and this and this and I get to baptize you. And it's whenever he was addressing, if he would have gave it to those preachers that were there, it would have died to the preachers. But God didn't tell the church, the preachers to go into all the world. He told the church. Now, church is a mechanism. Who came up with this? It's an organization. Who came up with it? Who designed it? 
Jesus did. Matter of fact, when it says that in uh, Acts 20, 28, that his precious blood has bought the church, he's talking about the people inside of it. And that's pretty cool. The church is very important. Ephesians 3, 21 says, Unto him be glory in the church. Because who started it? Jesus did during his personal ministry. He's the one that created. It's a mechanism. It's an, it's an organization. It's a called out assembly. There's a bunch of ways to say it. But God gave the great commission. He just didn't say, everybody go with no organization. Everybody just take off. No, he had a plan. And that plan was, there's a bunch of local churches everywhere preaching the gospel, sending out missionaries. And that's the pattern we see. So the great commission, you say, Brother Michael's supposed to do it all. No, it's not in there. He's not, I, no pastor can do it all. It's, it's, it's go into all the world and carry the gospel through churches. Yeah, you can preach and teach on your own, but he wants you to yoke up to a church plug in and go to work. I remember when we were kids, and... I'd be messing up doing a bit better stuff. My sister, Dana, she would say, she'd see me messing up, she'd say, I'm telling. And I was not too happy when she would say those words. And I want y'all to say that this morning in your heart. I'm telling. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm telling. Yeah, just tell. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them what he's done. Head to Acts chapter 4 and verse, this is really cool. Acts chapter 4, we're going to, the one uh, that uh, really cool one in, in 8, but we're going to just skip on to, to 4. Acts chapter 4 verse 17. Some guys had grabbed the preachers and said, they, they took them in, they said, Y'all hush. Do not tell anybody about Jesus ever again. Verse 17 says, But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak, speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken or listen unto you more than unto God, judge you. or That means you, you go ahead and think about that. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And I thank you that you do... Tell us what to do. And you want us to go and tell. You want us to be a light. And a living, growing church. A church that's alive for you. Father, help us to never lose sight of what's important and that's souls. It's easy to be distracted. And Father, help me, even when I'm distracted, so easily to do, and that uh, I would keep my eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen.